The following is a message from Wellsprings Congregation. Morning, Kate. It's good to see you. Hi, Ken. Always wonderful to see you. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, thank you. It's a nice sunny day out there and not too cold. Yeah, at least it's bright, right? Yes, yes. Well, I really want to thank you so much for uh, joining us today and for lending your voice and your presence and your perspective to this message series we're doing on uh, neighbors and helpers here at Wellsprings. Um, I thought I'd just kind of jump right in because this is about people in Chester County. I'd, I'd love to know a little bit about like, how did you come to live in Chester County? How did you come to live in this region? I grew up in Philadelphia. I was there for 31 years. And my company, a pharmaceutical company in the city, uh, offered me an opportunity to relocate to England. So I was there for five years. And when they relocated me back, they um, were moving me to the King of Prussia office. And I was looking for uh, places to live in Montgomery County and then came out to Chester County and fell absolutely in love with the beauty of Chester County and ended up uh, purchasing a home here. And I loved it so much that they, as soon as I bought my home, they relocated me back to the city and I did a commute for 20 years back and forth uh, into the city. So that's how much I love Chester County. Mm. So it's it's really home for you now. Like there's really yeah. a sense that this is a place where you kind of find yourself and want to be. Yeah, open space is really important to me. I didn't know that. I grew up growing to back to Ireland to work on my father's farm, uh, family farm, and um, just loved it there and came to realize it was the open space that I love. And Chester County has a lot of that. Mm. As someone who is an Irish, which traveled in the Republic a lot and has this red hair, uh, I'm just going to ask you the next question. I always want to ask, what what county is your family from? Uh, my father's Mayo and my mom's Donegal. Mm, oh, wow. I don't know Mayo so well, but I've been to Donegal, and it's beautiful. absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, Mayo is beautiful, beautiful as well. It's a rough, rough, um, the west of Ireland there, at Midwest, is uh, kind of rather cold and miserable, and um, but yeah, it's, it's still a beautiful, beautiful area. Mm, wow. Well, you know, we could just we could just talk about Ireland all the rest of the time, and I do have some other questions I want to I want to ask you. Um, so you and I, Kate, got to know each other as uh, fellow people in long-term recovery from substance use disorders, um, and particularly through our work for like advocacy organizations. Can you tell me a little bit about how you came to that work, and then how you got involved, perhaps in coaching as a result of that, or connected with that work? Yeah, it's been it's an interesting journey. Um, I came. Well, I'm a person in long-term recovery. For me, I haven't had any mind-altering drugs, uh, substances since 1997. Mm-hmm. I was in corporate where I got sober um, there, um, and I decided that um, I was not living authentically by being there. So I wanted to find what would would be next for me. I was in my 50s and coming into my 50s and um, wanted to determine what was going to be next for me, what would, what would help me align my life more. And I was coaching as a leader and executive at the, the pharmaceutical company. I was coaching people and I really loved it. And I thought, oh, you know what? Let me give my hand to this. And I started coaching executives um, mm. spare, on my spare time and, and professionals. And um, turned out a lot of them were dealing with addiction and um, thought, mm. oh, OK, well, maybe this is maybe this is important. Maybe this is something that I need to look into. And I went to Villanova to get my certificate in alcohol and drug counseling and realized 
then as I was there that coach, uh, counseling was not for me. I was much better, um, of a coach. Um, I'm a project manager by nature. Mm-hmm. So setting goals and accomplishing goals moving forward as opposed to, I love, you always use, um, an archaeologist. I like to be the architect. I like mm-hmm. to help people build things, um, um, take visions and, and put them into, into play. So, so while I was there and realized that I was not made up to be a counselor, I found out about Pennsylvania certification for recovery specialist, which is very much so aligned to coaching, very, a lot of similarities there. So as I was going through that training, um, I found Bill White. I found the anonymous people. Um, and uh, it just turned me into this major advo- um, advocate, um, ac- activist advocate, I call it. And, uh, wanted to, you know, wanted to learn more. It made total sense to me, um, that this was the, the right way to go in terms of implementing recovery oriented systems of care, uh, by the nature of what, um, people need who are in, in early recovery. So I know I, I might have answered more than what you were asking. No, no, that's great. Actually, you just, you provided so many threads that I'm just going to now ask some follow up questions about. So, um, Recovery-oriented systems of care. What what does that mean to you? And you talked about uh, Bill White or William White, um, you know, as someone who kind of introduced both of us into that way of thinking. Yeah. So for me, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not um, going to say that this completely aligns with what Bill was saying. But what I took from it, my interpretation of it, was that um, each individual needs to find its, their own pathway to recovery. I was shocked when I watched the anonymous people and saw the statistics that only 10% of people were getting recovery through AA. When that's all that was ever given to me as part of my recovery journey, I never heard about any other um, avenue of, or pathway of accomplishing recovery. And then came to find that the, the highest um, percentage um, when I did the research, the highest percentage was natural recovery. And like, what's, what's natural recovery, right? So, so it really, um, emphasized the importance of finding an individual's, you know, self-defined pathway to recovery. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it wasn't just about 30 day treatment and then, you know, they're, you're better. There's a whole lot that needs to happen post, um, treatment, uh, that an individual needs and it's beyond therapeutic clinical services. Some some people just don't even have a place to live. So, you know how are they going to step them st- uh, stand up if they don't have, um, you know, uh, the support needed in order to stay sober mm. and in. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah, that's a really important thing for me to always keep in mind as someone who comes now, the majority of my professional time is directed towards, you know, clinical work with a lot of people either considering recovery or in recovery, wanting to sustain the recovery that, uh, you know, the clinical piece, the therapy piece, as much as I believe in it, is just a piece. And so what I hear is you've got this really kind of broad, beautiful definition of what recovery looks like for a person um, that is about their individual kind of uh, course through this life and through their life, and that it's not dependent upon uh, one particular program, uh, but helping. You, know, you and I are both what we call like multiple pathways of recovery people, that there's a yeah, whole bunch right. of ways. So, so yeah, like yeah, and the and the four di- sorry, cut you off there, and the four dimensions Sam should speaks about right, which is the physical and 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 mental um, health, mm-hmm. uh, but then there's three others, which is purpose, a safe place to live, 
and um, community. <laughs> you know, so you can't just treat the the one dimension. There needs to be all four dimensions that need to be addressed. Awesome. So that's that's a lot of the work as a recovery coach that you're kind of focusing on with people uh, in terms of I think it's uh, SAMHSA's uh, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, right? Something like that. Something yeah. Something like I that. I just, I just wish they would take the substance abuse part out of it, and you know, yeah. but it wouldn't be as good an acronym. But you know, yeah. calling something. Uh, you know, abusive, we know the research tells us, right, that it adds to that sense of stigma. So yeah. that naming piece notwithstanding, their definition, that governmental organization's definition is really helpful when it comes to understanding, right, the, the fullness, yeah. the many yep. dimensions of a person's recovery. Yeah, and you mentioned stigma. Even the stigma that we use within the within the industry, the treatment teams, as well as the individuals, right? For years, I called myself an alcoholic. I don't call myself an alcoholic anymore. I'm much more than just an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm a person in recovery from alcoholism. Um, and the word addict, you know, such derogatory terms of labeling somebody as something that is just a small part of who they are. So you take this, again, this really broad understanding of what matters to a person, where they see the trajectory of their life heading and where they would like it to head. That's what I hear is at the heart of your coaching as someone who works with people in recovery. Correct. So in that, I want to come back to one other thing you said, because so much of this language, um, even as a person in recovery at the time, kind of really became apparent to me through this uh, this movie that you mentioned a couple times, The Anonymous People. I know for so many of us, that introduced us as opposed to this idea that recovery is something kind of hidden away, you know, in, in certain meeting rooms, or it's something that someone should have uh, shame or stigma around, that uh, Anonymous People, the Anonymous People documentary, really kind of introduced me to the recovery movement. Mm-hmm. And kind of opened up the field of recognizing that we can, uh, I think the movie says, we can recover out loud and how yeah. liberating and how contributing, yeah. how, how much that contributes to um, something you said, like um, helping people not carry around shame and stigma. Yeah. I mean, I, I, 50, 50, I, I can never remember. I've never sat down to do the math, but around 15 years in recovery and that that movie really broke through what sh- little shame I had left, but shame still of this, this need to hide. And um, it, it, I think, you know, it was like, um, uh, you know, to, to align it to, um, you know, being proud um, of, you know, who I am and what I'm dealing with and, and how I'm struggling and uh, not allowing myself to, to feel I have to hide away anymore. Like, I love why you said that. I, I don't need, there's no need to hide. Um, it's not a moral issue, right? We, I have a problem and I need to get help and, um, I need, and I need to, I need to represent that recovery works because everybody has this image of, of a person that is an alcoholic or, you know, a drug, um, abuser as some low life in life. And that's not the case. There's lots of us of all walks of life out there. Yeah, there's a lot of stigma that people carry around this image. And, and the truth is, um, you know, all of us are so much more complex than being reduced to uh, to to an image or uh, uh, a kind of predetermined uh, social construct. So yeah. actually, this then leads to uh, 
this amazing thing that you did, you know, out of the anonymous people, you know, this is where I first started to hear words around uh, recovery-centered organizations, RCOs, and mm-hmm. you're someone who has experience uh, founding and, and leading an RCO, recovery-centered organization. Uh, tell me what an RCO is, and then tell me about your experience, if you would, um, leading one, founding one, and leading one for some time. Yeah. Um, so remember, I'm coming at it as a coach, not as a clinician. So I don't quite understand all of what a recovery oriented system of care should offer. I mean, should 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 be um, doing. Um, but I certainly had a good understanding of what we talked about already. Right. Many pathways, um, uh, you know, um, lots of different service offerings. Um Basic things um, like, uh, well, big, big, big one, community. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're in AA around in Chester County, there's not a lot of community when it comes to recovery. Um, there's other, you know, celebrate recovery in those, but not, you know, large um, community efforts that are supporting people. Um, so that's one of the things that I wanted to do um, is it. It is part of opening up and start to begin. It was, it was not a, um, a true recovery oriented systems of care because that should be much more, um, you know, kind of community led. It was mm-hmm. private practice of coaches and therapists and massage therapists and, um, vibrational therapists, um, that came together, um, to offer the, an integral, what we call an, um, interdisciplinary, uh, interdisciplinary care. So what does that mean? What that means is that we, each person that came into the center, they had the option to opt in to have all the clinicians, all of the coaches, all the other therapists be part of the team that oversaw the case, understood what the individual was looking for, the client was looking for, and then coming back with a recommendation of a pathway that they could utilize at the center or beyond, um, because we weren't going to be everything um, to, to that that person that they could utilize within the community um, to get well and be well. Yeah. You even, you might remember a couple times the Brightening Center, the organization you, you founded and led, hosted our Mindful Recovery Group uh, for yeah. uh, for a couple sessions. And, you know, it was, you know, you, you mentioned some other pathways of recovery. I know that the, the center uh, hosted 12-step groups. It was the center that actually introduced me to my first experience of Dharma recovery, a Buddhist yep. and mindfulness-based approach to recovery. Yep. So this idea of really multiple pathways, yes, there was absolutely the, the, the clinical uh, therapeutic practice aspect. And there were also all these uh, kind of pathways led by people in recovery themselves that were hosted by the center as well, too. So it really was this kind of hub yeah, we, yeah, so you're right. Um, uh, refuge recovery at the time was the first one. That seemed to be a lot of what we were hearing from the community of wanting a more non, um, Christian based, um, more, uh, mindful, uh, led. And I had been doing that online for, I think about two years. Uh, so it was just a natural introduction, um, into the community. Um, and that really took off. Uh, I think there's three meetings in, in the area. And uh, now uh, with that and then Lancaster, Reading. So it really has spread out, out out on the side. It was really more popular down in in the West Coast. Um, but that has really helped many people um, get in and, and stay in recovery. We also had singing bowl meditations. Um, we had mindfulness groups. We had um, yoga um, at the center as well. So lots of different ways that people could take advantage of 
and uh, find their way to recovery. Yeah, and and again, in terms of that sense of um, it's not just about the individual; it's about uh, you know communities. That there were so many offerings there for family members as as well too. Uh, right, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So so as someone, I think my last question today is as someone who founded and 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 led uh, this recovery centered organization. Um, what are the takeaways you have for for anyone who is in search of an organization like this or might be interested in in saying, hey, you know, we, we could use more of that in this community in, in Chester County? Yeah, so my takeaway, um, if I had to, to do it again, um, I was very naive coming into the industry. Um, uh, but now after being in for 10 years and looking back, I would say that um, there needs to be a community effort amongst the people offering services in Chester County to come together to recognize that in order for us to truly serve our clients, we have to come together as a community and do that. We cannot be continue to work in isolation um, in our little pockets and, and so forth. We really need to come together um, to embrace um, this more self-led um, recovery uh, pathway for individuals that um, will require all of us uh, to offer what we do, but in a coordinated way. Um, so I think that that that's the lesson learned for me. I would not have opened up the center until we had all that understanding, because even at the center, a lot of a lot of the uh, practitioners there struggled with the understanding of the concept. It takes work, it takes a lot of effort. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say this will not take effort, but you got to move out of uh, thinking in terms of bill- billable hours and in terms of what does my client truly need. So, yeah, so what I hear is this, uh, what makes a recovery center organization really thrive is this sense of priority of the people you serve and a willingness to kind of change some of our systems for those of us who are care providers to think in terms of kind of a sense of uh, collaboration, cooperation, getting out of some of our silos. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's okay. a good summary. Hey, uh, so just in closing, anything else you'd like to uh, anything else you'd like to offer us? I just really am grateful for your for your time, for your experience. Uh, I know as someone who started something from scratch as well, too, that, uh, you know, as as things change over time, then making sure we, we are handing over, you know, our uh, pieces of wisdom that we've gleaned from the times that we've been involved. So that's really why I wanted to talk to you. So uh, anything else you'd like to offer in closing? Yeah, no, just um, here, if anyone, you know, I'm in my 60s now, so I think that was my last run. But if anyone is interested in learning more about this or um, lessons learned from me or how, how to go about um, putting a plan together to accomplish it, it's still desperately needed here in this county and every county. Um, so I'm here. Reach out. Happy to help. Well, and I'm so uh, glad that you are still coaching individuals in our community as well, too, Kate. So I just really want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the opportunity, Ken. You're very welcome. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's wellspringsuu.org.